I was asking, by the way, Lance, I was asking my daughter what year she she's going to graduate. She just finished sixth grade, and I think she's, so they go to 11th grade here. So she, her year is going to be 28. Try to get a, try to get a, uh, an exciting, you know, school spirit chant going with 28. And try to do it in Spanish. Veinte ocho. Veinte ocho. Veinte ocho. It's, it's, it's lame, it's dude. A, it's yeah. okay, though, in Spanish, but... English, 28. <laughs> 28. So I have to say, dude, here's, here's my birthday present to you. It's, by the way, listeners, Lance's birthday this week. And uh, it's it's wonderful. He looks the same as when I left him in 94. But here's my present to you. I was at my daughter's graduation the other night. It's sixth grade graduation. It's some Tico bullshit. I don't know why they have a ceremony for graduating sixth grade. It's even more different <laughs> at her school because she's already in high school. But I play along, you know, because I'm a, a man of international man of, of uh, openness. And uh, I'm sitting at the table with like 20 different people. And all the whole night, the conversation is about seniors 94. And who is this guy, Lance? And why is he always funnier than you on the show? Because you're supposed to be the comedian. That's my gift to you. My, I'm not kidding. Uh, and I was like, it's, dude, I went to high school. I was like, that was in the water at Eagle Crest High School. There were 30 guys like us. That's just 94. Did you know that uh, Eagle Crest was apparently built on some sort of radiation, toxic? Toxic waste dump, right? Yeah. I don't even know why I went there. Because I should I should have just went to Smoky Hill, my brother. But when I first moved there, it was like in the news every day. Where I was like, what's going on? Like it was built on a toxic waste dump. And then pretty quickly after that, our principal, they were calling it Falcon Crest because our principal was like hooking up with a, a music teacher or some, somebody, right? You remember that? Yeah, 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 like yeah. within the matter of like, and then there was a, I mean, I don't want to get into this one, but there was a soccer coach that had a, something going on with a student or something, like all within like six months. It was exciting. Needless to say, a lot of comedy came out of that school. Exactly. Right? The comedy comes from pain, trauma. Trauma, yep. I appreciate that. And a lot of it, I think, is probably they just like when I bust your balls because they like, they like you getting shit on because you're kind of a dick. They're literally like, uh, yeah, you're not that funny on there. <laughs> so that could be they like me busting your balls, but that, that was it. And, uh, and then I got, I got like a hundred ideas for shows. Like people, people are really investing in it. I got one of my friends, his, the one that this guy really, really likes your sense of humor and how you drive the show and how quick you are. His, he has to leave the room sometimes that is his wife, when he's listening to our show with his wife, cause she's like, you gotta shut up. You're laughing and all this stuff. So I question his intelligence actually. I think that's too much, but I appreciate it. It's so funny because I'm such a slow thinker and the the thoughts come into my head and then slowly come out of my mouth. My wife always like makes fun of me for it. So for him to say quick thinker, that must just be because they can understand my English words because they come out so slow. Yeah. So it connects to their brain right away where they're having to like rewind and rethink what your dumbass said. Well, that's know. it, dude. That's the difference. I'm just firing away and you're, you might, it might come off as slow, but you're, you're thinking. And, and coming up with a, a good response where I'm open the mouth first and figure it out in mid sentence, as you know. Well, well, I get a lot of compliments about you too, but from, from the Americanos. Yo, so. my birthday is not next week. So you save it. Yeah, it you is. Can, it's Friday, isn't it? No, it's the 20th next, next Wednesday. You can shower me with affection next week. This is your okay. day, bro. Another, right. another request from some listeners actually in Colorado. The, it, people are, people want to hear your music. I don't know what that looks like if that's you like coming up with a new song or you got some old old tracks but some people want to hear your music because it's because we talked about it so much and they're tired of my attempt at comedy so i think people want to hear your music that's another thing and then here finally you're so thought-provoking i'm getting a lot of requests to do a kid-friendly show especially down here people that are they want their kids to have access to english entertainment uh and they're like my, I want my kids to listen to these guys, but driver's side dump hole might not be kid friendly. So, <laughs> uh, so we should work on that. Maybe, maybe do a, do one, but anyways, happy birthday, dude. The reviews of, of your work are, are really good. That's my present to you, buddy. 
Well, it sounds like my present is just more work for me. And I'm still, <laughs> as you know, editing everything. And by the way, are you still editing last week's episode? Because I think Jesse is still talking. <laughs> I, I don't know. His microphone, he said he, he's a sound mechanic, right? Or something like that. Or sound, sound, sound engineer. Guy. He A sound engineer, yeah, not a sound mechanic. How dumb am I? I don't think he has a microphone that has an off switch, which maybe maybe that should be his next project. He is uh, unbelievable. Unbelievably talented. Obviously, professional speaker, but... Uh, I think we went two hours, 45 minutes. What do, I don't, what do we put in? I don't remember. What'd you put in? I'll put in about an hour 30, I think, of him. Three times as much as we've, we've done on any episode, basically. Oh, right? yeah. And the thing about him, he's, he's obviously profound. Uh, gosh, he's highly intelligent. He's, he's also pretty condescending to us, which I thought was hilarious. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, he starts every answer with a like, what do you mean? Like a, a hint of doubt. You're just like, I was agreeing with you, man. It's, it's, it's it reminds me of high school where I was. I felt like the dumb jock at times in a class with, with one of those so-called smart kids. It's like, it just, it, it, was, it was interesting. Every question, I just felt a little dumber. But Ouch. he's... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but he's, he's phenomenal and... He did mention he he ran a podcast about his his cancer for I don't know what did he say four or five years. Yeah, he was a he was a trained pro, I think. Uh, yeah, but he he just seems like a person that that's not afraid of having conversations like like this. I don't know if he was before, but he was always a kind of full of philosophical guy. Oh yeah, but it's fantastic. Is all I could say. It was very hard to pull out of the two. I I could have kept the two forty five in because literally everything he said was solid. It was more of you're interrupting. That was the problem. And uh, I got no, some feedback about that that I that I need to stop interrupting. But hey, hey, go listen that. to Rogan, bitches. If you don't like it, that's what no. we do here. Yeah. No, but that's it was yeah. it was challenging to edit uh, Jesse because. You know, it was so fluid. A lot of times there's there's really breakdowns in people's ideas and thoughts, and you can kind of go, oh, we'll cut that crap out. But his was just straight solid. Uh, and, and it was so vulnerable, man, and people appreciate it. I got feedback from a lot of people that was like, dude, is that was really good to hear. Yeah, the feedback on that show was very touching, like like amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, even again, I just keep finding out stuff of people I know or don't know, but it was like, oh, my friend had stage four cancer, or my friend died, or my sister died, and you're like, wow, we didn't. It's not like we knew that we were gonna touch people when we booked Jesse. I just knew he went through some really bad shit, and he and he was an entertaining guy. But then you find out, oh, it it, it helps some people. Oh yeah, kind of kind of annoying. <laughs> Because we're yeah. here to crush. Yeah, and I do want to pat myself on the back for you know building continuity in that interview by taking a full hour out, but it's still sounding seamless, Matt. Yeah, seamless. Your editing's good. Do you did you your fears of having a so I think you you got exactly what you thought. Like you're like if we start having your comedian buddies on, they're gonna talk our heads off, and that happened. But but do you feel better or worse about? I mean, you can't say worse. Obviously, Jesse might hear this, but. Now, do you feel like, how do we handle that? Because because we have these regular people who are like, oh, please say something, and they're nervous. And then you got someone like me or Jesse that won't shut up. Yeah, no, I, that was, I mean, he was clearly the star of the show, and the content was uh, spot on in terms of what we wanted to accomplish. There were moments where you two uh, needlessly went off outside of the content, and I just, I, I was annoyed. Jealous. If, if it was... <clears throat> Not like topical. Cheating on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say if it was, if it isn't topical, and have a couple, and you have a couple comedians, to me, it's highly annoying. I was just listening to one today, where everybody's trying to get a bid in, trying to make the next crack, and it's like, settle down, fellas. Right. We'll get there. There'll be there'll be some breathing room. But there wasn't much of that in that one. I can see though, with some future comedians, it's like, ah, uh, I guess that's my editing challenge to pull out the gems. But I'll tell you, just sitting there listening as a non-comedian, it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's so great. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard to book the most talkative 
fuckers out there oh, in deranged. Yeah. I, yeah, I've told you this, but the experience in like a green room, like for example, in Denver, it was always had a great green room. The comedy works downtown because it's like a closed room and there's some nice couches and people just come there and hang out. And it's just like, it's just a weird conversation of people just like trying to raise up the bar on, on how nasty you can be or how funny you can be without even intentionally doing it, so to speak. It's just like happening. And you're like, I want, I don't know what I just talked about for 45 minutes, but fuck, I was laughing. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, the other thing I thought was really funny was my Tignataro comment and how you kept it, it uh, in. I did keep it in because it rattled him. And it was my, it was sort of like a payback of him just getting shut down. I thought it was funny that he was sensitive about that. <clears throat> you know, I think at the heart, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for Jesse, but the, we still have this idea like, oh, is that going to hurt me from getting booked? You know, like maybe he didn't think <laughs> at the time, but you're like, oh, shit, that could that could leave a mark. I didn't make the connection, though. I forgot that Tig got, you know, she's already really doing well and blowing up. But then she she had a, a whole act about her 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 battle with cancer, right? The, her breast cancer. Her, yeah. And yeah. it was fabulous. It's outstanding. And it's not like I was kicking a horse when it's down. I mean, she's tremendously successful. But but yeah, he was referencing you know doing an act about his uh colon cancer and so it was an opportunity for me to dude you won you won up both of us because I, I forgot about her thing you probably saw her with me way back when 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 i first started and you signed me up for that show because she was hanging out in denver doing the tuesday night like sign up at comedy works and and we kind of bonded because the guy who was the guy who was controlling it was kind of annoying and not really giving us uh a lot of run and she was she was great but yeah i i, I was uh i thought that was so funny i gotta be careful because if i send you something like man that, that really made me laugh it's going in even if i'm like <laughs> i don't i don't want it in the show you calling some yeah. old friend of mine and famous comedian a bitch but uh no no let's I, just put it look, out there lance loves tig i've earned it man i've watched all our netflix specials and her movies i've earned it yeah, and say whatever I want. Uh, no, but that was that was really to rattle Jesse, which I thought was funny. Yeah, uh, I would like to mention, by the way, speaking of famous people and comedians, a lot of a lot of people are like, you know, just because he sounds so eloquent and and kind of talked about LA and stuff, and people are asking me, is that guy really famous or what? A lot of people are, have I heard of him? And there's a there's a weird. This might happen in music. Like I don't know. If, there's a weird time where you're you're kind of walking among the, the kings of the, the industry, but you're not necessarily a known name. And Jesse, in my opinion, kind of got there. Like, So he, there's a thing called Montreal Comedy Festival, Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. I don't know if it's still this way, but it used to be looked at like if you got invited to go to that festival, it like it was the gate, you know, like the key to the gates of entertainment. And you're the same dude, same act, same young kid. But if you get up there in Montreal, you start like the Tonight Show might might book your Jimmy Kimball might go. Oh, we want to launch this guy. We want to have him his first five minutes on network TV be on there. And it's just some gatekeeping thing. And if you got that, everybody, everyone in the industry knew oh, this this guy got Montreal clubs. And mm -hmm. so I think Jesse got that. And that was like he was just starting to pop. Like he talked about he booked Parenthood and all this stuff. And so was he famous i i don't know but uh could he make a few calls and be and be connect at the time and connected to some pretty pretty intense people like you're talking about tig or people like that like jesse was walking among those people for a long time before this cancer mm -hmm. thing hit and uh you know not that it matters he even said that he's realized that's not why he should do stand up or, or approach life but my i'm just answering a lot of people ask me is this was this guy famous and uh and the answer is now he is because the fucker just did seniors ninety four. So, yeah, but he was on the cusp. He was on the yeah. cusp. And I would like to bring him back for a topic. You know? Oh yeah, he could he could rattle off about anything. Like I suspect gun control or something. You know, some yeah. just some weird thing. So. Yeah, yeah. So Montreal is probably similar to back in the day how Southwest by Southwest was. If you got That's into what that I was gonna thing, say. yeah, you, you might get a late, you might get a record deal. Right. That's still bouncing around, right? Like that's still a thing. I have no idea. Mm. I don't know anymore, Matt. Uh, but let's, uh, so our guest this week, tell me about how we booked her and why. All right. Well, we, we uh, interesting, by the way, at the same, same meal where everyone was showering affection on you and 
making me sound like I'm Walter Cronkite or something on on this show compared to you. Uh, people are like, you should get some Costa Ricans on the show, maybe even a little Spanglish. And I was like, well, Lance uh, doesn't have access to speaking Spanish as much as me. But I didn't do it because of that. But we, so we actually had a Costa Rican, a Tika, on the show. And essentially, I this is uh, somebody that I play basketball with. I met I met this girl, Indy, from playing hoops. And she missed a couple of, of games. And then she was just kind of hanging out, kind of moping around. And I was like, Indy, what's going on? Why aren't you playing? And she started to tell me that she has an uh, anemia problem. Mm. And I was just kind of like, Really? So what do you do? You know, I, I think I made a blood sausage joke because supposedly you're supposed to eat blood sausage. Uh, no, I know it sounds like some sort of sexual innuendo, but it's not like, but I, there was, there was a guy, a famous guy in this town that I lived in that sold uh, this stuff called uh, in Cartago Chicharron, but he also made this uh, blood sausage. I think it's called Morcilago or something like that. That's probably wrong. But this guy was saying like, oh, he, he beat his leukemia by eating blood sausage because it has a lot of iron in it. I was like, that's the greatest cancer in the world where the prescription is more sausage. Pretty amazing. <laughs> but anyway, so Indy was explaining to me that she had anemia and then she and then I was kind of like, oh, yeah. So what's that look like? And she basically asked me in Spanish, like, do you know what a like a gynecological problem is? It's like, sabes que es un ginecológico or some whatever the word is. And then I was kind of slowly backing away on my tiptoes, like a like a you know like a Roadrunner cartoon, like oh shit, what did I just walk into? <laughs> but then I went, you know what? Fuck it. All part of the seniors '94 is about us being vulnerable, and part of it should be that I should be able to talk about anything. And it kind of all like came raining down on me that we're not just the only people with some issues, right? Men, middle aged men, everybody's dealing with some shit. And I went started to connect the dots on what a hysterectomy means and all this stuff and and went oh wow that's got to be pretty heavy you know if mm -hmm. you if you if you're connecting it to what womanhood looks like and then even knowing like you know in some of the episodes you mentioned like you need to like sweat i think dave one of our other guests you need to exercise you need to sweat and i think that you know i knew from indy that she exercised and playing hoops was like a way for her to get through life in a way, you know, like a way for to deal with life, I should say. And so not only are you mm -hmm. taking, I, I don't know, start connecting the dots and not only are you taking like this very intimate thing away from her, you're, you're taking her ability to like exercise and move around and be active. And I was like, one, one woman's problems is another podcast ratings extravaganza. And, uh, that's where I'm at. Now I know you, you've been being a badass. You've been having meaningful relationships with women since you're four years old and probably very comfortable talking about, you know, menstrual cycles and shit. But for me, I was like, damn, I'm the type of guy that like a woman's purse for me, I thought everything in a woman's purse is vaginal related. I'm just like, if, if, if a girl's like, hey, go get that out of my purse. I'm just like, oh shit, what's in there? I don't want to know. So for me, it's very uncomfortable and I, I had to address it. Yeah, probably that's hence the uh, blood sausage comment when somebody shares their health issues with you. Uh, yeah, my mom, I was raised by my mother, so we had conversations about her health along the way. She actually had a hysterectomy. She probably wouldn't mind me saying that in her 40s too. Uh, similar, I think similar issues as Indy. So I thought it was, uh, first, it was good to bring a woman on. Just so just some of the jokes we do, some of the commercials we do would make it seem like we're some uh, chauvinistic pigs. And it's just good to have a woman who actually said she was a fan of the show, which I thought was awesome. By the way, it's Morsija, it's blood sausage. Uh, Morsija? Yeah. yeah. When you were, yeah. when the, you, your mom was going through this, were you like aware or you just like, eh, whatever, mom, go get your checkup? Or were you like, oh, this could be a big deal for my mom? Uh, yeah, so I remember my mom being emotional, and I think Indy even mentioned, you know, one of the post-operative uh, standard protocols, I think, for uh, a hysterectomy is psychological support after the procedure. So, yeah, I think it's a fairly emotional thing, and I, I uh, commend her for coming on the show, man. Uh, she did she did great. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine, actually, like, but it's part of your life. It's kind of like what Jesse said, like, you, you just get stuff that you 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 uh, uh before it happens you're like i could never talk about that i don't want to go through that and then it just becomes your reality and uh 
hopefully hopefully that nervousness and that uh anticipation comes comes out in the episode because I, I can't imagine trying to be like entertaining and funny facing that in a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah exactly uh i had something else i wanted to say about her oh yeah it's so interesting a lot of this got cut out people but there's just something about the male female interaction. Did you notice my voice? I don't know if yours did, but my voice softened initially. And then I was saying things like, boy, Indy, you don't look like you're 42. You look a lot younger. And and that's true. And it's just like, why do I feel like I need to say things like that? Uh, so it's just such a funny thing to see men interact with each other. And then a woman gets on and it's like, hi. Oh yeah, so great to have you. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you ever do that, like in in other professional areas, where you where your coworker guy come in, you'd be like, "Hey, pussy, go sit down over there," and then a woman walk in, you'd be like, "Hey, how was your I th- weekend?" I think so, subconsciously, especially if I was interviewing a woman, <laughs> just much more friendly, much more suspicious of the dude. Uh, yeah, so whatever. I just find those types of things interesting. How do you feel about like the were you, were you conscious at all? Like, I mean, another thing that's amazing is the English is not her first language, and so she's doing this interview talking about a thing that I don't even know. Like, I don't know what the hysterectomy means. It sounds like when I got a D in social studies in, in high school. Like, talking about these, some of these words are like not easy in your own language. Like, but were mm-hmm. you conscious of that? Were you like, oh, I got to take it easy because this person might not understand me, or were you, were you just letting it fly? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty amazing to be able to speak two languages. It's something that I never will do or never aspire to. I know a lot of people are into it, but I'm too lazy to do that. But yeah, no, she was, I don't know, trying to work three languages, Latin, English, and, yeah, exactly. and Spanish all at once. And yeah, I was supportive of that. And talk to sure. two, one complete stranger, one person she doesn't know that well about something happening in her vagina. Exactly. So I think uh, is the uterus part of the vagina. Would you say? Uh, technically, I have no idea, but let's <laughs> just just be satisfied with it all being together there. Yeah. How do we? So I I had the good fortune of being friends with Jesse, and I just happened to get back into like Twitter, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! This guy that I was pretty close to had cancer," and then I just ran it. You know, this thing happened with Indy because of hoops. What if somebody wanted to come on the show and talk about something? We we don't really have any way for anyone to get a hold of us. You think we're ready for that, Lance? Like, there's other shit. Everybody's got problems, and they seem to want to talk about it. So we should start pimping out something, dude, like a, an email. or. A... Well, we have an email, don't we? I just don't ever check it. Yeah, but you like a shorter show, and if you read the email, that'll add 30 or 40 minutes to, to the show because it's so long. <laughs> what Remember it? what Seniors it is? 94, Lance and Matt at podcasting, two no, guys at, at, at gmail. gmail. <laughs> yeah, what is it? What is it actually? <laughs> I don't know, but can you, like when you put it, can, can you put that in somewhere in Spotify? Because I, I found this experience to be wonderful and uh, and things that i never would have thought we we're talking about we are and so there's got to be other stuff out there that people are going through some weird disease and as long as we can trash them and make it make it feel funny then i think it's i think it's playable uh yeah i will take another to do from you and i'll put that <laughs> i'll put that in spotify a courageous shoe brand is here stoic shoes they will hurt like hell ah With Stoics, you'll deepen your relationship with gratitude. Just look for the ST. No, 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 no! Ah! 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 Our Beekeepers Edition feels like you're stepping on a hundred bee stingers. We fill the inside of our shoes with five different sizes of pin needles. Your feet will bleed, they will swell, but you'll feel tougher and more patient for it. The next time your boss sits in a Zoom meeting and noodles incessantly on his guitar while you're presenting, you'll think, this isn't so bad. And when he interrupts you to tell you he's a big fan of the band Rush, you'll just say, that's really cool, boss. 
If you've worn beekeepers, you can put up with some serious bullshit. Or how about our lumberjack line? These shoes are made of 100% unsanded western red cedar. This sustainable shoe line will wear your feet down in a hurry. These shoes splinter after five days, creating near constant pain and suffering. As the splinters extend deeper into your skin, there'll be no relief, not even when the shoes come off. And when your father-in-law starts talking about U.S. energy independence and how Chinese solar panels are a national security risk, you'll think, I just pulled splinters out of my feet for three days. I can listen to this dumbass all fucking night. Thank you, Stoic Shoes. Look for the ST and grow your gratitude practice. Welcome back to The Middle-Aged Man. News and trends. Our first article comes from Mindset Health, Christina Sexton. Menopausal women angry at their husbands. Women may not share their menopausal symptoms with their husband, and most men are too stupid to research it themselves. Many women go through a myriad of symptoms like hot flashes, vaginal dryness, thinning hair, weight gain around the midsection, and mood disturbances. It's fairly common for women to direct rage at their husbands. If you're a piece of shit husband, this rage is definitely coming your way. And this rage stems from fluctuating levels of estrogen in menopausal women, which affects serotonin levels. Matt, you've been the recipient of rage from every woman you've been in a relationship with. What advice do you have for people with menopausal partners? You're right about that, dude, that I've, that I've had issues with relationships. In fact, my nickname in high school was vaginal dryness because that's... <laughs> That's what I did to women when I take my shirt off. I was a little chubby back then. Uh, I like this question. It makes it sound like I strictly date or marry menopausal women. I just bring them in. How old are you? 48? That's my type. Are you in a a fit of rage? Like at least 100 hours a week? Let's go out on a date. Let's do it. Strictly dating menopausal women. Uh, I just have to say, I, I think like if we surveyed... If we surveyed men between 40 and 55, they were married. I bet you 80% of them say, yeah, there's definitely, definitely kind of tough to be around menopausal women at times. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's do one more. Uh, this comes from verywellhealth.com, Kate Bracey. You can support your partner through difficult menopause symptoms by following this list of recommendations. Number one, asking how you can help. Number two, avoiding negative comments. Number three, helping them to set reminders. Four, letting them control the thermostat. Uh, Five, massaging their sore muscles. Six, my favorite, not making fun of their bladder leaks. And seven, taking some tasks off their workload. And finally, understanding they may not be feeling their best. Matt, uh, which of these helpful tips resonates with you, buddy? I mean, I, I, I need something like if I can't make fun of their bladder leaks, <laughs> why am I in this relationship? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I hear you. asking how you can help really, really seems like, uh, if you ask a menopausal woman, how can I help you? And maybe mention the menopause. I bet you that you'll get like a healthy, healthy response. Yeah. Make. Like you want me to go get a rag to clean up your piss? <laughs> Let me help you with that. <laughs> oh, yeah boy. we don't you know we don't have thermostats in costa rica like i don't have an air conditioner and i don't have a heater i wonder if that's why there's so many happy relationships here you don't have that battle yeah. you know it is it, it, it is uh one of those very trite things that is um uh, stereotypical things i should say that is it comes it's so true like i don't i don't let my wife touch it in terms of what <laughs> the actual temperature is but when she goes through menopause, uh, she she's got the con, buddy. She's Does, got is it. She well, she is she like yo-yo the temperatures though. Like I'm freezing, I'm sweating, I'm freezing, I'm sweating. That's uh, it's like you can control the thermostat, but why don't you go ahead and control the electricity bill too while you're at it, huh? 
you think that would be a positive message where you kind of give them the freedom to financial freedom and freedom control the, the thermostat it's like as long as you cover that 900 dollars thermostat bill it's all yours and while you're at it why don't you work on that bladder control <laughs> quit pissing all over the floor and on our bed yeah, yeah. so or positive like you make the bladder control thing like a positive comment like i feel like you pissed a lot less all over our bed last night <laughs> so you avoid the negative comment and you turn mm -hmm. into like a, a some encouragement i think that's what kate kate bracy meant here so mm -hmm. what they should just say is you're fucked wait eight years everything will be yeah. fine like all, all these things are are not hey if you have something to do outside you know how there's always like middle age upper middle aged men wandering around outside their houses in the u.s like in the garage or like well i think your oh, i think yeah. your grass has been cut six times this week mr robinson you know what right. they're escaping from there's a fucking saw blaring every <laughs> hour of every day like yeah. they're making some stupid chair or a rocking horse for their grandson <laughs> outside uh, yes. yeah yeah um, is that the yeah. mail i gotta get the mail is that the mail i don't know let uh -huh. me go check let me go check yeah that's that's menopause that's how long is menopause? menopause do you know how long it is like i if it just means that women are unpredictable and and hard to understand i think it starts at just kidding i'm not gonna feel uh, that we can't do this don't. on this episode dude can't do you this. don't know how long do you no but i think it's i think it starts a lot earlier than we know like the actual shutting the faucet off so to speak is is mm -hmm. quicker but the process is like there's a grand finale I believe of I, I don't know I remember if we talked about Indy, but I think there's a heavier flow stage and then it and then the faucet turns off. I think that's maybe seven or eight years. Mm, wow. Dr. Matt. Uh wow, that's a long time to be supportive. Yeah, and, and it's I think it's all over the map, right? Like at what age it happens. I think my wife's grandma had a child when she was five zero, fifty years old. Yeah. Wow. In Peru, which is, you know, normal. Yeah. But yeah. Uh so I don't know. I don't know anything about. We, maybe next time we should we should get a. We should actually get some sort of expert on this. We could probably help a lot of people. Guess what? Yeah. You can't help. You can't help anybody on this topic. You just have to deal with it. There's no help. Yep. Well, holy diver, Matt. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, ride the tiger, bro. Holy diver, you've been down too long in the midnight sea. Welcome to Seniors 94's Men's Room. Indy, our first female guest. This is exciting. It'll The fact that you decided to come on this show is amazing in of itself. I can't believe that after listening to... You've listened to an episode, right? You assume so much. I was going to say, the fact that she came on means that she probably hasn't listened to the show. <laughs> exactly. It's an honor to be here tonight. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap we, it. Yeah, That's, that was good enough for me. Uh, but let's um, just level set who you are a little bit and where you're from. Okay, my name is Indira. I am from Costa Rica. I'm 42 years old, almost 43 on January. Um, I like to play basketball. I like to roller skate. I'm a very active person. And uh, I got to meet Matt in one of my... Uh, basketball practices last year. Yeah, I was posting her up for like two hours, dude. Did you? Did you back Put her, her down? In the torture chamber. Yeah, I backed her down. <laughs> exactly. All the time. All the time. It's, it's... I'm actually teaching him how to play basketball correctly. She got what? One game. One game. She got like a rebound off of me, and you would have thought she won the World Cup or something. She was like like gloating and, and celebrating and, and dancing and everything. It was like, come on, to one rebound. And she rubbed it in. I felt pretty bad. But you know what I do when that happens, Lance? Back to the weight room. I just, <laughs> I just, I went back to work, man. When you first see a gringo like Matt roll up onto the basketball court, what are your first thoughts? 
Oh my gosh, what a question, what a question. Are you trying to put some race into that, Lance? Are you trying to make well, it Well, it's just like, you're you're from Costa Rica, and then you're from Costa Rica, and I'm, I'm imagining <laughs> it's fairly rare that a white dude kind of rolls onto the court. Am I wrong? Are there a bunch mm. of like, a bunch of- uh, Yes, yes and no, yes and okay. no. But I, I, but I don't know. I don't, I don't remember having like a specific thought about watching a gringo coming. I don't know. <laughs> but do you have, if you go, all right, we talked about, you've talked about this before. I think I can peel it. Let's just say this. Lance and I roll up to a court, right? There's five black dudes there. We immediately, whether I might be racist, might be a positive stereotype, but we're going to be like, oh shit, better play hard today, right? It's just like some natural thing that we all assume that black dudes can ball, right? And so I think Lance is saying maybe when you see this kind of tall, super athletic looking white dude, but not white, like, because I know that Ticos consider themselves like white and you say that like you consider other Ticos white. So um, a white American dude, super athletic, shows up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you, that's like one of those things that a call that people put in to be like, if I have to get out of a situation or a date that I don't like, I'm gonna, someone's going to call me to, to get me out of this podcast. Yeah. So a white dude shows up from the U.S. Are people like, oh, he must be able to ball or, or nobody even cares about it? Because everyone immediately knows that I'm not from here. Like, do you think people have any any opinion? Well, what happens is I, I cannot tell you from my point of view because I don't usually judge the Amazing. person by their looks. So maybe Why the not? first time I saw you get in the court, I thought, let's see this guy plays and see if he plays. Indy, how can you don't, don't judge him by his looks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not, though? That's yeah. all I do. All I do is judge people by how they look. So what What? What? What did you think about Matt when you first saw him? In 1992. He, was... he, didn't, yeah. even, he didn't give me the give time of day. Give me an idea. Inspire me. Inspire me. Because... Well, I was a different person back then. Yeah, he's a skinny little, skinny little punk. No, I was just curious in terms of, you know, you're obviously he's not from Costa Rica. Uh, he's not native. And I was just curious from because basketball to me is a sport that has a lot of swag, a lot of attitude, a lot of um, expression of yourself. And so when you see somebody that looks different, it's it's I guess it's something to explore. It's something to think about. But you sound like you're. Uh, Way too uh, balanced. More enlightened and balanced, yes. Than, or maybe than that maybe I'm not impressed by Ringos that much. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I'm that, not either. Record that. Yeah, yeah so but you I don't have to be that. impressed. Like, well, yeah. maybe. But you are you like ah, this guy's gonna suck. This guy looks like my accountant. He's gonna suck. You have, you have that kind of feeling. <laughs> maybe because I work, I work, I work with Gringos and Canadians, so I'm used to. She's, but she's guard. You think she's guarded or she's telling the truth? She's this nice. Well, What's your I, first I, I take? I think, okay. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. <laughs> no, I think she's guarded because like if you had to generalize, if you had to like describe all gringos, what would be what would be kind of a sentence that would describe them? Gringos always wear clean sneakers. Gringos wear clean sneakers, gringos wear clean sneakers, gringos wear clean sneakers. Now you know, now you know. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing I think when I think about a gringo. Uh, so, Indy, it sounds like you've got some middle-aged stuff going on that we could potentially talk about. Yeah. If you're open to it. That's like the 40 years old crisis. Yeah. So what's going on? You're 42 years old and it sounds like you've got some middle age health uh, stuff. What is it? Well, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I have always been a very healthy person and um, I have been recently diagnosed with uterine myoma. Okay. Do you know what that is? Um. It's it's a um, okay. Women have the uterus, and um, there is very common to have some um, 
Let me see if I have the word here. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna start over. Okay. Mioma, mioma is like a piece of tissue that builds up within the uterus. So some of them can get big. So I have a big one that is very big, like 14 centimeters long, and uh, it has to be removed. But since it is so big, the doctor said that they have to remove my entire uterus. Oh, man. So when they tell you something like this, you're like, mm, oh, my gosh, I'm going to stop being a woman. Why? What was happening, though, that, that made them like what? What was the symptom that made you were either you worried or a doctor worried? Like what, what, what was what got you there? It all started um, when I when I had to go for walks or uh, do normal stuff. I felt pretty tired. Like, um, um, yeah, I felt really tired and um, my heart was like beating pretty fast. So I thought I had a cardiac condition. So I went to the doctor and they told me that what I had was anemia. So I was losing iron because these myomas were provoking me heavy menstruations. So for a year I was menstruating abundantly and um, I ended up having low oxygen in my blood because of the anemia. So I had to stop all my physical activities, basketball, um, playing, whatever. So it's been pretty hard because I really need to practice sports. So getting this diagnosed, um, it's, it's complicated because there's fear. Uh, I cannot like get the stress out of my body easily because I don't have a way to, to do it through sports. So I'm just waiting for the day of my surgery uh, to see if my my life comes back to, to normal. Um, and yes, that's basically it. Is that that has a what's it called the the procedure? The procedure is, a, is called hysterectomy. Oh yeah, hysterectomy. All right. Yeah, they remove the uterus. I'm gonna remain. Uh, well, they they're gonna leave the ovarios. Ovarius? Uh, How do you say? Ovaries. Uh-huh. Because I, I still have to go through my um, menopause. I still have to go through menopause, and uh, the ovarius will take care of that. So it's just the removal of the uterus. But it's pretty scary because people around you uh, usually tell you, hey, how are you going to do? Mm, that's pretty heavy psychologically and many things they tell you and you're like oh my gosh this is serious so uh, i haven't had the the meeting with the doctors about it because they're gonna give me like a like a little speech on that what are the uh, pre-operatory uh things i need to take care of and the uh, post-surgery cuidados so people I'm, I'm only getting input from people about it and they usually don't know. I mean, they're not, they're not in your shoes. So they tell you many, many, many things about it. Like you won't be like a real woman anymore or uh, how, how are you going to deal with, I mean, not having the menopause or stuff like that. Wait, let's reverse there a couple seconds. People are, are like, hey, Indy, what are you, what are you going through? And then they go, oh, how are you going to deal with that? You won't be a woman anymore. <laughs> so is that as a friend, as a friend, does that make you feel good? Just taking notes. Is that the right thing to say to a woman that's going to have a hysterectomy? Well, no, it, let's uh, say okay. it's, it's okay. <laughs> to begin, to begin it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not true to begin with. So 
It's just that people usually have to express their opinion on something they don't know. What's the primary role of the uterus? To keep a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that's the baby to deliver, to help in the delivery of the baby. So it's like the home of the baby. So. And do you it, feel personally with if that that's what womanhood means? No, not oh. really. No. Does that is that yeah. any of your like concern is the the part of the you know there's just, there's so many things that that you could be worried about but uh and so many things not to be worried about like is the is the the being able to give birth uh, an issue for you is it like something you're worried about? No, no. I uh, when I turned thirty, I decided I didn't want to have kids, so it's not an issue in that regard. I'm okay with that. So, am I right that you with a, with a hysterectomy, uh, you stop your menstrual cycle stops? Yeah, it will stop. I will uh, recover from the anemia, I hope, and uh, continue my life as it so was. In a way, in a way, we could say you like you and anyone who dates you in the future, essentially won the lottery because you will not have a menstrual cycle for the rest of your life, right? Like, is that not the silver lining to all this? That is correct, Matt. Uh -huh. Yes, that's true, that's true. I'm not going to suffer from the uh, side effects of the menstruation, for example. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, why, why don't, like, is, what's the negative? Like, besides the fact, you, why, why, don't, why don't women do this after they're done having kids? Or do they do? I don't know, like... Is it, is it an intense surgery or like, what's the, besides the kid part, what's, is there, what's the negatives, like po possible negative side effects? Okay. The, the, um, the surgery is very similar. Uh, the wound is very similar to the C-section. Uh -huh. So it's big. Um, and one of the negative aspects that I have read about on the internet, because that is something you always do to look for mm -hmm. information on the internet. <laughs> Bad idea. Sure. You, you cannot wait until the doctor calls you to explain the process. <laughs> yeah. So I read that in some cases, your sexual life is not as good as it was. Like the feeling? Prior to or, that. Yeah. Like, I don't the know. Feeling like, or the desire? No, the um, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. However, I stopped reading. reading I, because I was getting too too deep into that information. So it was like, I don't want to read this. I'm going to wait for the doctor and ask the doctor. Uh, but I also think that we have so good doctors and medicine has advanced to that point that I don't think it can be that bad. And I have some friends who have had the same surgery and they're okay. So I think everything is going to be okay. I'm going to hope to be okay. Of course. Hey, so this is this kind of like a normal thing now or what? forever the women you know that need hysterectomies because of either iron issues iron deficiency issues or for other reasons or like is this pretty much a, a normal thing yeah especially because i think there's a lack of information in terms of uh gynecology gynecology mm-hmm uh, because with menstruation, it has been like normalized to have pain, to bleed so much that is normal, that is normal, that is normal. So you think you're bleeding normally, but you're not. <laughs> so I think, I don't know, maybe we need more education on that to go to the doctor probably earlier or to keep track over a period of time so you can be sure that everything is working fine in there because with the pandemic, um, I stopped all my medical checkups because I was so afraid of getting the COVID. So I stopped 
in the years past, like three years, and I never visited a gynecologist anymore. And so <laughs> here am I. <laughs> so that was that was a bad idea. I mean, I. But do you think they kind of, if you were going though, what, like, is there any other? The results would have been the same, or like you start getting, I don't know, iron iron supplements, or like, what's the? This is just probably probably the course is going to happen anyways, right? Mm. Like, okay, Maybe, yeah, you're, you're a sounding board there, for there are... a bunch of women out there. What would you recommend if, if you're 37 or, you know, 38 and you're like, oh, man, seems seems like I'm losing a lot more blood. Like, I guess your suggestion is go get that shit checked out pretty, pretty quickly. I think you should as soon as you get the menstruation. When you're a kid, you should be going to the doctor yearly uh, or every six months to keep track of your menstruation, your changes, because it is normalized. I mean, there were times when I couldn't work because I feel nausea and it, it's, I mean, there yeah. are days that you can, you cannot work, but you have to, because that's normal. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. You're just menstruating, but it's, it's not so, easy. So you, was that, was your work impacted prior to this issue? Like 10 years ago, did you have any issue of menstruating too much or what? No, no. Mine was normal. I I never had pain. I never, have, never had nausea. I never felt uh -huh. uh, these hormonal changes or uh, changes in my humor. It was after 35 that I that I started having uh, these issues. But the abundant menstruation was like, uh, it started around a year ago. And I don't know, I don't know if the COVID vaccine had to do with that. Oh, we, wow. But we never know. I know that our listeners wanna hear more talk about menstruation. No, did you notice that you were, it was like more flow? Like you had more yeah. blood, you noticed? Yes. Wait, you didn't go to the doctor? Why? Why not? Why didn't you go to the doctor? <laughs> because I thought it was normal. Because <laughs> of COVID. You know. You know what I thought. You know what I thought. I thought, okay, since I decided not to have kids, I yes. thought that my body was giving me a reminder that I was getting close to the menopause period. So my body uh -huh. was telling me, "Hey, Indy, you need to get pregnant." So I thought my body was telling me, "Okay, you need to get pregnant." Otherwise, I'm going to be menstruating like crazy to remind you every month that you need to get pregnant. <laughs> but because of that, because you think that menstruating is normal. I mean, to have a, an abundant flow is normal because they tell you it's normal. I mean, some doctors tell you it's normal and they don't give you pills or any treatment yeah. for that. If you're comfortable, because I think the detail is interesting for men to understand. So like, yeah, now we're getting somewhere in my opinion. What are we talking about? Like if you you notice that you were menstruating more than normal, like does that mean you're using more products or like how did you how do you know that? Yeah, I I was using like one pad per hour. So and oh. when I when I went to bed, I need to use the big ones and I had to set an alarm to wake me up, to change it. Otherwise, my bed was a disaster the, the next morning. Wow, and so. Yeah, That's, that was when, that was when uh, I, I said, okay, this is not normal. I got up. Yeah, no wonder you had anemia. I got up, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the, the, the first Godfather where they, where they to send the message to the movie mogul they they cut the head off his horse and stick it under his bed sheets to send the messengers blood everywhere is that essentially what happens if if you <laughs> if you waited too long like that like how give me a give me an idea of cantidad of, of like like you said i had to set an alarm since we're going deep here you have to set alarm if you don't if you just slept through the alarm you're like it's like a murder scene in your bed or what like, like, let's. I have my. How do you call this? Matt, this is. Uh, ruler. So, for the listeners, there's a measuring tape out. 
She's got a measuring tape. She's kind of showing probably the dimensions of the bed, of how much blood is on the bed, I think. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited here. Could be like, let's think, okay, of a square. Like a, a square foot <laughs> or more. A square foot or more of blood. No. No. 50 centimeters, 50 centimeters, 450 centimeters, and uh, draw a square on that. Jesus. I, how are you yeah. alive? That's, I'm you... sorry. First off, that is, that is <laughs> scary. Was that scary? Yeah, yeah, it was scary, especially when you were at, outside. Yeah. But you, how are you not, like, because passing you need out? To have a, you need to have a toilet near you in case of an emergency that you need to change your pad or your cup. Oh, God damn it, Lance. Are you still feel like you're you're not passionate about your job, Lance? Does that still bother you? Listen to this. Listen to this. So, no, like, yeah, how... it is it is important to go to the doctor and to keep track of your changes in because none of that stuff is normal. I mean, if you are not able to work because you have the menstruation, I mean you need to get that result. Did did you did you ever faint? Like how are you not passing out losing that much blood? No, I never I never fainted, but I was close to that. My hemoglobin was at 5.6 and the minimum uh the ideal minimum is like 12. Wow. Yeah, yeah, might... so if, if I, I, and I have, I have a cousin who had a, who, she has a husband and her husband um, suffered from leukemia. And when they find out he was sick, it was because he was at work and he fainted. And when they took him to the hospital, his hemoglobin was at four. Mm. So I was about to get or to, yeah, I was very close to have whatever. Yeah. Well, first I'll just acknowledge that that's pretty, no pun intended, heavy to deal with. Uh, did you, um, when you went to the doctor, what were you expecting? Did you go to a gyne gynecologist or to a general practitioner first? I went, I went to the emergency room because my cousin, knowing that her husband uh, was very sick, she told me, Indy, you have to go to the hospital because mm -hmm. you need to get a transfusion. Is that how you call it? When yep. they put blood in your veins? Yep. Like they're basically telling up. you you probably yeah. have leukemia too or something like that? Yeah, she was very scared. And she told me, you need to go to the hospital, but go now because... Anything can happen to you if you don't go and get checked. So I went and I spent the night in the hospital and uh, they immediately told me, we will send you to the to, to the gynecologist. <laughs> I cannot Gyne say that word. Gynecologist. Gynecologist. gynecologist right. to, yeah. The gynecologist will check you because most likely it is your period that is causing you that. So three doctors saw me and uh, they sent me to the hospital that is sent near to my home and I'm going to have the surgery there. So I'm going to be in the surgery room on December the 27th. I'm going to spend the New Year's Eve in bed. But it's really good because my year is going to start in a better, in a better state. Are you still feeling uh, faint at times? Ah, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. There, there, there are days where you, I mean, it's been crazy because sometimes you feel physically bad. Sometimes you feel down because you're scared. People tell you things. Um, people usually tell you, Hey, Everything is going to be okay, but they say that to you because they probably haven't been sick mm. and they have never felt how it is to be sick. I mean, yeah, you know it until you 
live it. So uh, some days are really tough, but I try to be positive and to to trust the the sci to trust science and uh, all the knowledge from the doctors, so I can get my life back. You're getting sedated, right? It's not like a local. It's a full body yeah. under. Yeah. Oh God. Can you imagine being awake for a hysterectomy? <laughs> well, I don't even know. Like, is it, is it a like a minimally invasive now? Like, or, I, you said there's a big scar, but the the yeah, I'm sure it's hell. Like, if you were awake, it'd be terrible. But let me chop your uh, penis off, Matt, with no anesthetic. Yeah, just I would a say shot no. of whiskey. So I got yeah, I have a couple questions that to, with now that Lance brings that up. One is. I mean, there must have been like some sense of relief, right? Do you have a sense of relief when you when you guys like, ah, oh, well, first of all, thank God I don't have leukemia, right? Maybe. And yeah. like, is there relief that there is a, a workable solution? You're not just going to have to keep feeling like shit with no no reason why. Or, if, you know, yeah. if they just said, oh, that you, people, women have heavy, heavy flow until menopause, deal with it. it you would have been like living in hell for, for an mm -hmm. undefined amount of time, right? Yes. So what do you I have think, some relief? What I yeah, but I, what I think sometimes is because when you when I'm doing nothing is when I when I start thinking things like, what if they open me up, and then they find something else mm -hmm. beyond the uterus, and I even think if they have to close me again and let me and tell me that. I have another issue there and that I'm about that. I don't know. Like to, I don't know, like they're going to find something there bigger, non-fixable and they close me up and bye bye, go home and expect some days to die. <laughs> Didn't they use a camera or uh, ultrasound to look? to see what the problem was so that maybe that that fear you have of them finding something worse is probably uh irrational <laughs> matt whoa oh yeah they they did however my mind is crazy and my mind is yeah it's scary finding more stuff in there but they check they check all that but it is because sometimes I, I touch my tummy and I feel like, okay, I have something here. But it is because the myoma is so big that it is pushing other organs. So they may be like, I have like the cervix here in my stomach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or So sometimes I feel something here at the left side of my tummy. And I started thinking, okay, this is probably this or that, but... It isn't. You just don't it's know. just yeah. my mind. Yeah. 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 Freaking I, me up. I would be a mess because I'm kind of an anxious person about that stuff. Health, health, any health stuff. What's the, what's like, what's the uh, outcome? Like, do they tell you? I know you mentioned that they said there might be some side effects, sexual, uh, uh, I don't know, sensation and all that stuff. But do they tell you, Indy, when we do this, you're going to have a 100%, you're going to, like you're gonna be by January fifteenth. You're gonna have like more energy than you've ever you have felt in a long time. Or like, what's the potential outcome? Do they say that? Mm, well, they said that should stop the the, the problem. Um, however, I will need some psychological follow up because I mean I don't know what happens to the body and to your mind when you lose part of your of your reproductive reproductive system and uh i will also be needing some hormones mm -hmm. to like to i don't know so like, but i don't know yet i don't know exactly because i i am waiting for this appointment with the doctors prior to the surgery to discuss all this yeah would you be willing to come back on post surgery Sure, sure. If I wake up from the surgery, sure. If you I wake up. <laughs> no, no. Either way. Because I was telling Matt there are two ways. Okay. I entered the surgery room and there can be two outcome, outcomes and both of them are good. I can either, you know, leave the world 
being sedated, which is a nice death, or I can come back from the surgery to keep living my wonderful life. So both of them are good. I was dating this girl and uh, all of a sudden she plans a trip down to Jamaica, meet some dude down there, some local, and like I never hear from her again. I mean, uh, I guess you could say she went dark on me. Gringos wear clean sneakers, gringos wear clean sneakers, gringos wear clean sneakers, now you know, now you know. Thanks to Indy for joining us on the show. Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Editing commercials, jingles by Lance. Offensive comedy by Matt. Music on Stoic Shoes. Seth makes sounds. Screams of pain on Stoic Shoes. Jose P. Pajul. Archaos. Nate Mart TV. And Pseudonymian. Music transitions throughout the show. Bane Mac and the OJT. Thanks for listening. <laughs>